the advice would be to not limit myself, you know, stop thinking that there are some kind of limits and what you can achieve and and do. <laughs> the, the sky is the limit. Hello and welcome to the Leaders of B2B podcast. On this show, we bring you interviews with leading executives at today's rapidly growing B2B tech companies. We dissect the stories, strategies, and journey of CEOs, COOs, CMOs, and more as they share their professional journey. Tune in each week for new episodes from today's leaders. This episode is brought to you by Content Allies. We help B2B tech companies build and run revenue-generating podcasts. We set you up with weekly interviews with your ideal prospects and strategic partners. You show up and have engaging conversations. We handle everything else. Learn more about launching your podcast at contentallies.com. This episode is brought to you by Ad10, where we do lead to close sales execution for B2B services companies with a technology flair. If you're looking to scale your company from six figures to seven figures of revenue, talk to Ad10. Hey there, leaders, and welcome back to another episode of Leaders of B2B. Super excited today to have Xenia on the show here from Planable. Uh, Xenia, thanks for hopping on here today. Thanks a lot for having me on the show, Jake. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm excited to dive in as I've been a longtime Planable customer myself. Uh, we've used your guys' tool for a long time at Content Allies to manage our own social media um, with clients and everything. But you know, for everybody out there who isn't familiar with what Planable is and what your your guys tool does, can you give us the quick ninety second overview? <laughs> yeah, the the elevator uh, pitch. Yeah, so Planable is a collaboration tool uh, for social media teams, and we help uh, marketers to work together better on content to coordinate uh, social media campaigns and social media publishing. So we basically give marketers superpowers in terms of uh, productivity and saving time, or that's what I like to think. <laughs> yes, I love it. I, I've, the way I think I've always described it is you guys are like Buffer meets Google Docs in yes. like one place where it's like you've got the, it's, you know, those are familiar, people are familiar with tools like that, but you guys bring in the collaboration, the ability to comment and tag and work together, um, which is super useful for agencies working with clients or teams working together on content. And that's what I think was really cool that I didn't see in many of the other tools out there whenever I was, uh, I, I feel like I did a thorough uh, examination of the the industry when I dove into it and Planable, you guys were awesome. So um, very cool Thank to see you. what you built. Amazing. Thank you. Um, and so one of the questions I have for you, um, one of the things I'm, I'm very interested to understand is actually like, I'm curious, I'm saying maybe your perspective on design um, in terms of, uh, I think, because that is something, I guess, that stuck out to me, um, actually about you guys versus everybody else was like, well, if I'm going to put this tool in front of my clients, like a lot of these other ones are horribly ugly and like terrible user experiences, but like planable, like it, it seemed compared to a lot of the tools, you guys had great design and user experience. And I'm curious, maybe your thoughts or perspective on that. That's such a great question. And I, I love the fact that you spotted that, you know, not that many you know, people appreciate the power of design. And I think design and beautiful software is at the core of what we do. And that is explained through my background and my co-founder's background, uh, Nick. 
uh, both of us have worked in ad agencies before I was running my own uh, digital marketing agency before Planable. And we both had graphic design experience. And we knew that, you know, everything that we're going to create, it needs to be uh, not just functional, but also, you know, delightful, delightful to use. Uh, so we have invested quite a lot in, you know, in the UI and how it looks. So it's not just, you know, simple, but also, you know, pleasant. And, you know, even the tools that we select for ourselves, even the, the software that we use internally, uh, it needs to have, you know, that eye candy uh, experience and interface. And I think that's not just because we like pretty things and, you know, aesthetically good looking interfaces, but I think that, you know, beautiful software, you know, beautifully designed software uh, can help quite a lot with just, you know, the the experience that you have as a marketer, right? Like you're creating gorgeous uh, content and uh, you need a space that, you know, uh, makes it justice. You know, it puts that content in a good light. So, you know, it would be a pity to have, you know, beautiful posts that, you know, are in a, basically in a spreadsheet <laughs> type of environment. You need something that makes it, you know, uh, does it justice. So I think that's how we think about, you know, first of all, uh, a good match for the type of content that you're creating, but at the same time, it just makes the entire experience of working with tools a bit more pleasant because sometimes, you know, you there's a lot of back and forth and a lot of tedious tasks that we as marketers have to do. And if you're doing it in, a, in an environment that is nice, well, that makes, you know, things a bit easier. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm curious, I guess, because one of the, the arguments is always like, you know, MVP, just get it out there and like improve <laughs> later. And then you like end up with these ugly products that and stuff. But I, I guess, I don't know, we were plantable users for at least two years. And I feel like we were in there and the product has grown a lot since we were in there. But even since from the beginning, even when I knew there was much more limited features when we initially signed up, you guys had that beautiful design. And so have you found it to be a barrier or a trade-off at all to kind of keep that level? Or is it just kind of part of the process? Yeah. So the way we think about MVPs is uh, more of MVDs, actually minimum uh, viable, uh, minimum delightful experience. You know, that's the type of thing that we have in mind. Uh, even though you need to, you know, move fast and launch a product quickly, design and the experience wasn't something that we were willing to sacrifice. Never in our experience, maybe launching some parts of the product that, you know, don't have enough functionality. Maybe, you know, we're going to build the functionality later on, but we try to never compromise on the uh, UI and the UX. And I think that, that you know, that can be a barrier, definitely. Uh, like, so, you know, sometimes I, I, you know, I see products that have skyrocketed and, you know, that don't have the best, the best interface. And I'm like thinking, is it worth it? You know, is, you know, do people really appreciate it as much as, as we think they do? <laughs> but still, you know, I think in the end, for us, it's also a personal choice. What's the type of things that we want to build in the world? And we want to build, you know, beautiful things. So, you know, even if that day maybe takes us a little, you know, a bit longer and we might be losing on the market, you know, on the go to market, time to market uh, thing. I think in the end, our customers appreciate that enough uh, for this not to be a disadvantage. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, 
And one of the questions I'm most curious to hear about is maybe more of the origin story of how did this all, how did this all start? And I believe you guys are about five years old now as a company. And like, maybe, yeah, maybe can you walk us back to the beginning of, of how you actually created this company? Yeah, a hundred percent. So it's, yeah, it's, uh, I'll try to tell the short uh, story. Um, so before Planable, as I, as I mentioned um, earlier, I was running uh, my own social media marketing digital agency. And uh, during that agencies, you know, I bumped into the problem that we're currently solving with uh, Planable, the entire back and forth with clients and the collaboration and approvals processes. Um, we were using PowerPoints um, uh, back then. And I, I remember thinking, you know, that we need something better. It just didn't feel like it was scalable enough. And in parallel, uh, my co-founder, my current co-founder, he was working for an ad agency. And he, being a, you know, a software engineer, he saw his uh, marketing uh, colleagues, how they were working on content plans, editorial calendars for clients. And he thought, you know... Is that how this is being done in the industry? You know, as a software engineer, he saw products for, you know, collaboration products for engineers, you know, GitHub and all of that stuff. Or for designers, you know, Envision, Marvel App, now Figma. There were a bunch of collaboration products for product people, you know, tech people, engineers, designers, but it didn't seem like there was anything for marketers really or for social media teams. And, you know, we got together and we, you know, we talked about the problem. We realized that we're quite passionate about this very geeky problem that marketers are struggling with, you know, the entire operational side of marketing. Um, And we did a bit of customer development. Uh, We talked with some other, you know, marketers just to figure out if it's just the two of us that are struggling with this or, you know, and a lot of people raised their hands and, um, the thing uh, that really sky, you know, the skyrocketed, you know, or kind of kicked the project off initially uh, was uh, a pre-accelerator uh, where we uh, participated with Planable. That's, you know, where we started the project, where we started the, the product itself. We went through a demo day. We received a small investment. And that was, yeah, that was about five years ago. And uh that was the moment during that pre-accelerator. I, I think that was the, you know, where the moment where the company has actually started. Nice. That's amazing. And and did you guys go on to different additional rounds of investment after that initial one? Or how much have you bootstrapped? Or what does that look like for you? Not really bootstrapped. I don't really consider Planable a bootstrapped company because we really started it like from, we only had a few mock-ups and just the idea and we uh, received throughout that pre-accelerator and investment, a very tiny one, like 20,000 or something like that. But, you know, for us, that was, you know, a huge (laughs) ticket and it really, uh, we were, you know, very young. I was 21 and uh, my, um, it was 22 and uh, my co-founder, who was 23 and my third co-founder who, you know, Vlad, uh, he was 19. So we were so young. I think that money lasted us for two years or something (laughs) like that. Um, and, you know, uh, we, you know, build the product and, and uh, after a year or so, we went through another accelerator um, and I had uh, three, three accelerators in mind, three very prestigious accelerators in mind that I knew I wanted to go through with Planable. And that was um, YC, obviously, 500 startups and tech stars. Um, and uh, we applied to the, you know, 
all of them, every time they had a new call uh, for startups, we were applying all the time. And I think the third or fourth time when we applied to Techstars, we actually got in. And yeah, we received their standard uh, 120,000. And that allowed us to take the product from beta and to actually uh, take it into, you know, put it on the market, monetize it, launch our pricing plans and, you know, invest a bit in marketing and growing the, the user base. Um, and uh, a couple of years ago, we raised our seed round and that was the last round. So I don't consider ourselves a bootstrapped company, but we're at the same time, not very VC backed. I mean, we do have a couple of funds, but it's a very min- minimal investment that we have raised for, for Planable in total. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. I'm curious, like, is Planable at a point where it's cash flow positive right now, or do you guys need further investments to grow or how much you're willing to share that? But I always find that interesting because I, I do think there's a path to do some investment, but not go the full VC route. And I'm just always interested to see where people sit on that. Yeah. So we're burning by design. Uh, that's how I like to put it. So <laughs> if we would like to be profitable, we could do so, but that's not the path we were taking. It's all about growth for us. So we're kind of uh, burning money by design at this point. I mean, not burning in the sense that Uber and Airbnb <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, for us, it's more about like scaling the company rather than, uh, you know, being profitable. Uh, that's probably going to be a, f- a focus in the next, in the upcoming years, but not for this year or the next one. Okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah. That's super interesting. Okay. And then I'm, you know, I'm curious, you know, for you, what has been some of the hardest parts of the journey of, of growing this company? It sounds like you guys have been through a lot. So what have been some of the biggest barriers? Oh, oh God. So many of them, but in the end, it's all about people. I think, really, I think just people, you know, fundraising, it's about convincing people that what you're doing is important and, you know, having that, first of all, charisma, but also having that vision and having those relationships. I think that's, you know, it's it's about people and then uh, growing the team, finding the right talent, finding the right colleagues and managing co-founder relationships, you know, across five years, you know, we've never worked together before. This is the first business that we've ever started. So it's really, I think, you know, people are the most difficult, delicate and important things you could, you know, you, you have to, you have to manage in a business. Yeah. And that's a great point. And I'm curious about how, maybe just how the the fact that you guys were all so young starting this company, I, uh, my first company, my my first business partnership, uh, I started also around the age of nineteen, and uh, it exploded horribly. So I don't know if that's, uh, <laughs> but it was something there where I think there is a challenge to being um, probably young and like you know everyone has like a little like less experience and like interpersonal yeah. dynamics. And I'm curious, like what challenges have you seen from that like youthful? Like you guys are all so young starting this, and you've been at it together for five years now, though. Yeah, of course. The challenge, you know, the main obvious challenge is that you have you know zero experience almost. Um, I did have an agency, be, you know, before Planable, but that was you know it was a tiny small one. It wasn't VC backed. Uh, it definitely didn't have the scale of Planable, but I did have, you know, a bit of experience, but still, you know, not the type of experience that I, I wish I had when I started Planable. And that, you know, there's a lot of learning to do. And maybe we would have moved faster to market if we would have had the experience, the experience that we have right now. 
like definitely, you know, in my next company, uh, you know, probably I'm going to, uh, it's going to be a shorter time to market or a shorter time to hire because at each point I had to, you know, learn things. You know, the first time I had to hire, I had to learn things. And the first time I had to sell, I had to learn things. So there was, you know, every time I was doing something in the beginning, I had to learn it from scratch because I've never done it. Um, and it was the same, you know, with my co-founders, our CTO, Nick, it was the first time he ever built a product at this scale. You know, he, he definitely has, you know, built other apps before, but this one, uh, you know, it's the first time that we did it. And now it serves tens of thousands of, of users across the world. And, you know, we didn't know five years ago when we started it that that's going to be the case. Um, and I think it's just the lack of experience that is a huge, huge challenge and that in itself translates into potentially mistakes. Uh, but more than that, really time, you know, more time that you need. But, you know, on the flip side of things, I'm super happy that I was so young when I started Planable because, man, the enthusiasm <laughs> <laughs> and the drive and uh, the energy, the long nights, the long weekends, the lack of responsibility, the lack of personal life, uh, just, you know, um, you could really build a company at that age and at this age, because, you know, that not that much time has passed, but you could really build a company at this, you know, youthful age and be full, full in, like nothing else, companies first, because you can afford it. Yeah. And I'm curious in the, say like the fundraising or just in any aspects has like, the, was the youth like a challenge in that kind of side of that of, or, or how did that go? Yeah, it was. I, I get asked a lot, you know, how it is, you know, to be a woman in tech and, you know, fundraising as a female CEO and all of that. And that's definitely a challenge. But I think the fact that I was so young and I didn't have, you know, the the founder pedigree of, you know, having gone to Facebook or Google or to, you know, uh, prestigious universities and that kind of stuff that has harmed my profile a lot more than, uh, you know, other things and the age, certainly the lack of experience, for sure. The way we tried to flip it was by, you know, saying that, hey, you know, who can build a, a social media management tool if not? <laughs> some- <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that worked sometimes with the, some uh, more experienced investors, probably not. But yeah, for sure, you know, in, you know, you need people on the younger side to understand the social media space and what's happening in it. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I think there is some truth to that because yeah. I mean, so many of the social media managers are right in that same age group. So it is, it makes a lot of sense that you guys are really in a sense, designing a product for your peers in a lot of ways. So it makes sense there. Yeah. Awesome. So as we wrap up, one of the questions that I always like to to ask is, you know, um, if you could go back, say, you know, five years or so, five or six years when you were starting Planable, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, God. I think the advice I would give uh, to myself is a bit, it's a bit of uh, an inspiration, aspirational advice, cliche might be potentially, but um, the advice would be to not limit myself, you know, stop thinking that there are some kind of limits and what you can achieve and, and do. <laughs> the sky is the limit. <laughs> no, but honestly, um, 
like you can do so much more, like you can learn uh, a lot and you can do a lot of things and the world is bigger than you think. And, you know, planable can be bigger than you think. There's really no limits, just the self-imposed ones, you know, just, you know, I think that just to explain the context of this advice a little bit, it's the fact that I grew in a post-Soviet country called Moldova, so a tiny, tiny country, two million people in total, if you can imagine. And that means, you know, being a post-Soviet country, it doesn't, it's probably one of the poorest countries in uh, in Europe. Uh, so, you know, your dreams and aspirations you know, are as small as the country is. Um, and that means that it's really hard for, you know, to think 10x when you're coming from a country that has such a small market and, you know, the, the opportunities are limited. So I always had to remind myself uh, that, you know, I'm not bound to those restrictions and, you know, the world is so much bigger um, than I grew up in um, and that, you know, I can do so much more than what I thought I could when I was growing up. That's incredible. That is, uh, just hearing that backstory is just super amazing and inspiring. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> the advice with sky's the limit a bit more grounded. <laughs> yeah, no, that does. I, I did not realize all that about your backstory. So that is super incredible to hear. And I, I wish we had more time to dive into all of that. But as we wrap, I do want to ask, you know, for anyone out there who wants to go try out Planable, see what you guys are doing, sign up, you know, what is the best place they can go online? And I will go and say a voucher that you guys are the coolest and best social media tool out there. And <laughs> we're paying customers. So you guys have my vote. So <laughs> thank you. That's amazing. Best, uh, best introduction ever. Uh, so if anyone wants to check out Planable, you can go to our website, planable.io, P-L-A-N-A-B-L-E. So one N <laughs> io. Um, and we have a, a free plan. You can try around the product for a while, um, test it. And if you enjoy it, we have a few paid subscriptions. Um, so yeah, you can you can play with the product. And if you have any questions, feel free to just connect with me on LinkedIn. I That's my you know platform of choice. Uh, ping me there, send me a connection request. Let me know that you heard me on this podcast and I'd be more than happy to talk planable with you. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time to come on here, Xenia. Thanks a lot, Jake. That I had a blast. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. You can see the show notes and more links from today's episode at leadersofb2b.com.